Consumers worldwide are now demanding sustainable packaging. Is your brand ready? At Smurfit Kappa, we use our global experience and local knowledge to create innovative packaging for the biggest brands. As a global leader in sustainability, we can help you find the solutions which are right for your business and right for the planet. Join the sustainable evolution. Contact us at smurfitkappa.com. Smurfit Kappa. Open the future. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Packaging Euro podcast. Today we're back to talking sustainability, which has developed to be not just the buzzword of the year, but the buzzword of the decade within the packaging industry. My name is Elisabeth Skoura and today we will delve deeper into PepsiCo's sustainability strategy. With me is Arjuna Jagannathan, Senior Director for Packaging Sustainability in Europe at PepsiCo. Welcome and thank you for joining me today, Arjuna. Great to be here, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me on this podcast. As an introduction, could you tell us a little bit more about your role at PepsiCo and what responsibilities your role entails? Sure. So as, you, as you alluded to, my role in PepsiCo focuses on uh, really driving a much more sustainable future for packaging focused in, in, in Europe. Um, and for me, I see this as an opportunity to make a difference to PepsiCo and what PepsiCo does, but also use the reach and scale that we have to influence and drive change in the industry more broadly. So I'm hoping we can, we can make a small difference to you know, the health of our planet for the future generations. And that's what makes me very personally passionate about, about this role. It's always great to um, hear from people who are passionate about uh, sustainability, definitely. So um, earlier this year, PepsiCo published its 2019 sustainability report. Uh, could you give our listeners a quick overview on the report highlights in the area of packaging? Yes, sure, I can do that. Um, PepsiCo's sustainability strategy overall uh, and what we've laid out in the report focuses on uh, three key things and I'll give you some of the highlights on on all of those. The first of those is is reduce and we think it's really important that we continue to reduce the amount of packaging and the amount of plastics that we, we use overall. And a great example of that that we've highlighted in our sustainability report is you know, the use of technology, the use of uh, charge compaction technology for our snack films. And we've used that to successfully reduce the size of our snack films. And, you know, just to simplify that, all that means is that we use technology to make sure that the chips settle down in the bag a bit better, and therefore you can have a smaller size bag. But equally, we've used um, technology in, uh, in Europe, in the UK, to reduce the size of our outer bag for our snacks multi-packs by 30%. And that, that might seem small, but you know, that given the amount of, of snacks that PepsiCo produces, that ends up, you know, that's a huge amount of virgin plastic actually saved. So we're continuing to lightweight our bottles, reduce our films, and there's some great examples we've laid out in the sustainability report. The second key area is, is recycling. Uh, and that's firstly making sure that all of our packaging is recyclable, compostable, and biodegradable. And we've committed to 100% 
by 2025. We are at 88% now, we've laid out in the report. But equally uh, important is making sure that we close the loop, making sure that we support systems that collect, sort, and recycle materials. Um, and a good example, which was we uh, announced after the report was published actually was an investment uh, and you know we've joined the leadership team of holy grail which is a really innovative digital watermarking technology that will hopefully help to sort out waste much more efficiently and give waste a, a better second life so you know, investing in the whole you know the broader infrastructure around collection sorting recycling uh, is important for us uh, and then really closing the loop through making sure that we include recycled content in all of our packaging. We have included 100% recycled PET in um, Tropicana, Naked and Lipton. So three of our brands already in, um, in parts of Europe this year. And we are looking to go much further on that journey in the in the coming years as well. So, so we're very excited about you know all of the initiatives on the on the recycle side. But the, the third plank of what we um, talk about in that report is reinvent, and that is really radically rethinking materials, radically rethinking business models. SodaStream is a great example of that. This is a business we acquired in 2018. Uh, we're expanding that in, in Europe as we speak, and we estimate that we'll probably save about 67 billion bottles from the expansion of, um, of SodaStream. But equally, use of alternate materials is a really important part of our reinvent strategy we've uh, recently and again this was one after the report was published we um, announced a consortium with Diageo and Unilever on a project called Pulpex which will be the first widely recycled uh, first of its kind paper bottle uh, and we're really looking forward to sort of bringing that to market and testing it on one of our brands uh, next year it's very exciting uh, but equally on the snacks film side, we're working with Zanimer Scientific on compostable materials. I think, you know, technology is involved, is evolving so fast in this space, uh, making sure that we continue to innovate, we're continuing to explore alternate materials, alternate technologies is, is really important for us and is a key part of our strategy. There's obviously a lot more in the report, but hopefully this gives you a little bit of a flavor of some of the highlights that we, we talked about in, the, in our sustainability report. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much, Arjuna. Uh, you mentioned that PepsiCo is 88% of the way towards its goal of using 100% recyclable, compostable or biodegradable packaging by 2025. What would you say are the biggest challenges of the remaining 12%? And how is the company planning on getting there? That's a great question. Uh, the single biggest challenge for us to get there globally as, as PepsiCo as a corporate is, um, is recycling of our snacks film. So the, the bags that we use for walkers, Lay's, Doritos, all of the snacks that we, that we sell. And there are, I mean, if you think about it, there are two elements of that, right? One is making sure that the packaging is designed for recycling. And we've worked with um, C-Flex, which is a circular economy for flexible packaging in Europe, to develop and co-develop with them a set of design guidelines for what we think actually makes the packet recyclable. And we are on the journey to complying with those. 
But equally important, and this is where the challenge lies, is the development of infrastructure to actually collect and recycle these packets. Now, crisp packets are actually recycled in small parts of Europe at very small scale. So it's only done um, in Germany, for instance. Notably, Germany is the one, one area where crisp packets are recycled. But what's really important for us is working with governments, working with policymakers, packaging recovery organizations to make sure that that is widespread across Europe uh, in the coming years, that that technology is adopted, that we have consistent systems for collecting uh, flexible packaging in, in the right waste streams. And then we, we are working with um, sorters, recyclers, to make sure that's actually recycled. So I, I mentioned um, Holy Grail, which is the sorting technology that we're looking at, which will hopefully help flexible packaging be sorted and, um, and recycled. But we're also in constant conversations with recyclers, with packaging recovery organizations. And the reason this is so challenging is because it requires a system-wide value chain approach to drive the infrastructure that's required for recycling the, the product. From our perspective, we want to make sure that the packets are not just recyclable and designed for recycling, but we also think it's our responsibility to make sure that the packets are actually recycled. Um, so that is really the biggest um, the biggest challenge to get from 88 to 100 and that's that's what we're working on really hard with with partners across the board really because it's mm. not something we can solve on our own yes this is definitely a subject for cooperation industry-wide and worldwide um, I wanted to delve a bit deeper into your work within the CFLEX consortium. You mentioned the design for recycling criteria. Um, are there any other projects you have been working on with them? Yes, there's a, I mean, there's a whole host of, um, of work streams within CFLEX. I mean, for, for, just for your listeners, CFLEX is about 160-odd companies across the value chain. So it's a great opportunity to do exactly what I was saying, right? Collaborate with people across mm -hmm. the value chain uh, so that we can all get together and drive the change that's required for the system. So, you know, that, that is uh, that's absolutely fantastic. So in addition to the design for recycling guidelines, we're working with CFLEX on a whole host of other work streams, including... Um, you know, shaping extender producer responsibility and what that should look like in all of the markets. Also working with them, for instance, on um, assessing what the end market use for flexible packaging could look like. Um, so we're working with them on industrial trials to see how flexible packaging can be used, for instance, in the automotive industry for mm -hmm. car bumpers, etc. And so generating that demand from the end market for flexible packaging will be really important to drive the whole process of recycling. So again, working with them across the value chain, you know, designing the right systems, ensuring the right collection systems, ensuring the right sorting systems, figuring out what the end markets are, figuring out, you know, the industrial trials that are required to prove feasibility in those end markets. So really across the board, we're working with different players in CFLEX and with, within the entire consortium to drive all of these different work streams. You also mentioned um, testing 100% industrially compostable thin film plant-based snack bags. Could you tell us a bit more about this? 
Yes, absolutely. This is something that we're actually working on with uh, with a company called Danimer Scientific. And we are trialing this in the US and in uh, Chile. And we're looking at understanding and learning really what the consumer reaction is to consu- to compostable film, but equally how they, you know, how they dispose it off, how that behaves in the systems that are prevalent in that country. We're not trialing these in um, in Europe because Europe for 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 a long time has now been pursuing the the recycling route, hmm. uh, and we want to make sure that you know whatever system we adopt really is looking at obviously the right environmental outcomes, but also what's right given the ease for the consumer and the infrastructure that exists in that market. Europe for a long while has been developing recycling infrastructure. Flexible films are collected as part of, you know, your your recycling waste stream in many Western European markets already. So we're not trialing compostable films in uh, in Europe because we want to make sure that it is still easy for the consumer. We don't confuse a consumer who's already used to disposing uh, crisp packets in a in a recycling stream because when you do put a, a compostable packet into a re- recycling stream, it contaminates the the entire stream. So in Europe, like I said, all of the work we're doing with CFLEX focuses on continuing to develop a recycling stream and the right recycling infrastructure for crisp packets. Hmm. Uh, so globally, we are looking at both of these solutions. We are learning from both of these solutions that we are deploying from the compostable films in the US and some of the other markets as well, and from you know the recycling infrastructure development in Europe. So hmm. we, we, we want to be able to take the best learnings from everywhere and develop a system that, that works and develop a system that actually works on the ground in the relevant markets. Yes, and I also wanted to ask, in 2019, PepsiCo launched within the framework of the Loop Initiative and in cooperation with TerraCycle, reusable packaging for orange juice and muesli. Um, could you update us on, on this trial? Um, how did it go and is it, is, are there any plans to expand on this? Yes, we launched with, um, with Loop, uh, TerraCycle has been a, is, is a partner of ours and we worked uh, with TerraCycle very closely to launch Loop in France last year. Uh, that trial has gone well and we're now expanding it to launch with uh, with Carrefour as a key strategic retail partner in France. So I'm personally really looking forward to, to the learnings from that trial and understanding how that goes. So we are gearing up now to launch uh, with Carrefour uh, the Loop platform. That should be uh, that should be interesting, and I'm looking forward to um, following up on that in a few months. And um, also on the project, uh, subject of project updates, I'd be interested in finding out more about the progress on the work within the Natural Bottle Alliance, which has set out to develop recyclable 100% plant-based pet bottles from biomass. Um, how's work coming along with this? It's, it's great. It is a California-based startup origin that we partner with on this with other peer com- companies. Uh, and our research and development teams are working really closely with the teams at Origin uh, as part of the Natural Bottle Alliance to, to develop a PET from biomass-based materials or used cardboard, used sawdust, et cetera. So something that, that 
could really be revolutionary. Uh, but more broadly, I think, you know, investing, like I said, staying on top of technology, staying on top of the innovations in this space is really, really important for us. Uh, we recently launched, as I said, this collaboration with um, Palpex, and I'm looking forward to getting the first, you know, fully recyclable paper bottle uh, into the market uh, mm. very, very soon. Mm, that sounds like a really exciting project. On a more general note, uh, what role do packaging suppliers play in PepsiCo's sustainability efforts? What innovations have you seen that particularly stood out for you and what more would you like to see in the future? Very, very important role and I've alluded to this a couple of times already in the last 15-20 uh, minutes but you know, collaborative innovation is going to play a huge role in this in this industry. We regularly hold innovation days with all of our suppliers because we want to understand what's in the pipeline. We want to understand what is applicable to our products. I mean, I spoke a little bit about compostable film. That's the work that we're doing with our suppliers, Danimo Scientific. Spoke a little bit about Palpex. That's the work we're doing with the supplier, Paper Light. So suppliers understand the packaging material. They understand the technology. And we think it's very, very critical for us to be partnering with them to bring some of these technologies to life through our products in the marketplace. So we're always looking for innovations from our from our suppliers. Yes, and I was wondering, um, obviously, constructing a circular packaging value chain comes with big challenges. Uh, have you seen any improvements in the harmonization of recyclability standards across different markets or clear guidelines on food grade recyclable plastics? What more could be done, do you think, in order to achieve that? Again, a great question. We've been, we keep, we've been speaking to policy bodies at the EU level, but also at the national level about uh, harmonizing the collection uh, systems across all of the markets. Even within a market in, you know, every council in the UK has a different system, different parts of France have different systems. And ultimately, as a consumer product company, we want to make it as easy as possible for our consumers to dispose of the packaging. So what we've been working on um, with, uh, with the EU stakeholders, with the different policy stakeholders at the local level is really making sure that, you know, we it's so important to get that harmonized framework of extended producer responsibility in place that collects materials in predefined streams that gives very clear labeling and instructions to consumers on where to dispose of the packets etc so that at the end of the day the system is as is designed as efficiently as it possibly can be and uh, on the subject that is likely to stay with us for quite some time to come, in your opinion, how has the COVID-19 pandemic influenced sustainability efforts? Uh, what are the particular challenges it is bringing and how can they be overcome? Uh, on, on, on the contrary, I think my view is COVID-19 has actually shown how important it is to build resilient food systems overall. Uh, and how important food security is overall. Uh, and that's just something that I think everyone took for granted and it's become so apparent and obvious as a result of the, of the pandemic. Um, 
And our view, uh, PepsiCo's view is, you know, we absolutely support a green recovery. We think, uh, you know, sustainability is going to become an even more important topic coming out of the pandemic. We've, uh, we've recently signed the EU Parliament's Green Recovery Alliance as well. So I actually think this topic is, has got sort of renewed importance <laughs> and renewed attention as a result of the of the COVID-19 uh, crisis. We also recently signed the UN's global business ambition for the one and a half degrees uh, pledge, etc. So we're, we're still very committed to this agenda. Uh, and we're seeing that at least at the EU level within Europe, um, policymakers still seem to be really uh, committed to this agenda and to the green recovery overall as well, which is which is really heartening to see. Yes, I agree. The pandemic has definitely brought sustainability even more into focus. Um, in conclusion, what is next on PepsiCo's sustainability journey? What challenges do you particularly look forward to tackling in the coming months? It's a very exciting journey, as I said before, and I'm looking forward to obviously continuing a lot of the great work that we've been doing. So continuing to use more recycled materials, continuing to work with policy bodies on, on collection, uh, recycling infrastructure. So continuing to do all of that, but um, also continuing to, to keep an eye out on interesting technology, interesting innovations that we can bring to market, uh, both on the infrastructure side, so whether it's driving, you know, technology innovations to drive um, recycling or flexible packaging, or whether it's, you know, in, you know, new and innovative materials that we can use in our packaging that are actually going to help the system and make it better. So this this industry moves at such a pace the pace of innovation the pace of change is is immense so every day is a new day and i'm i'm always looking forward to how we can shape the future to be to be a lot better and a lot more sustainable going forward Thank you. That's a great note to end this podcast on. So um yeah, thank you very much Archana for taking the time to speak to me today. It's been my pleasure, Elizabeth. It was great to speak to you. Are you looking for sustainable, optimized packaging solutions? At Smurfit Kappa, we use our global experience and local knowledge to provide fit-for-purpose packaging solutions for the most complex supply chains. From packaging design to machine systems, we're a fully integrated packaging provider. We can work with you to minimize operational complexity and help you move to sustainable packaging. Contact us at smurfitkappa.com. Smurfit Kappa. Open the future.